You're listening to the Relationship-Centered Learning Podcast, a podcast to inspire and empower you to be a difference maker in a dysfunctional educational system. Hear weekly from adults and students who are having a radical impact in the education space as they share from their minds and hearts, giving us practical tools that we can take back to our classrooms and campuses. Here to take you outside the educational box is author, disruptor, and your host, Kevin Curtis. Welcome to the Relationship Center Learning Podcast, where we put relationships at the center of all learning. Hey, welcome back to the show. Hope you had an amazing Easter Sunday. It is Monday, April 5th. Monday after Easter. I really wanted to, to touch base with you today on a Mindset Monday, just you, me, and the mic, and just really talk to you about something that was on my heart. I was recently conducting a virtual training and great conversations, uh, impactful building community online, but also just bringing into light some of the things that I want to remind us as leaders, particularly so I want to speak to my administration, but also my teachers out there so that you could truly understand this mindset. So it's for all audiences. When you think about this, uh, I really want to be thinking today about, there's a couple of phrases. And one is there's power and permission. And so when I say power and permission, a lot of times what I mean by is, is that when we come into schools and districts and we start talking about the importance and the value of building and sustaining relationships with students, a lot of our leaders will come in and they will bring us in, whether it's checking a box, whether it's trying to uh, be part of a process of a change of culture. And then what we run into sometimes is it's they, they believe just by bringing us in and you know, bringing a staff development in or professional development that the teachers must infer that this is important. And not only is it important that they expect you or sometimes without a very direct message that you're just like, this is just what you're expected to do. And sometimes it's very obvious and other times it's not. And the reason I say that is, is because with power and permission, I started recognizing earlier in my kind of career when I first got into this, that, you know, some administrators will set up the day and say, all right, hey, Kevin and his team are here today and here's why they're here. And others will just be like, all right, you know, Kevin, it's eight o'clock, it's, it's yours, kick it off and ready to go. And we start going. But I started to recognize as we started to not just train, but as we started to coach and support educators that some teachers weren't very clear on what the expectation was from their campus leader on how and when to use these tools and what was going to be expected of them. Um, I had a school district one time here in Texas one time invest a large amount of money in the training, which was extremely successful and extremely impactful. But when it came down to coming back into coaching and supporting them, when we came back, we it, it ran into some first-time conversations with for me leading this. And what there was is, is um, so what are we looking for? In other words, we, we train on a variety of different tools on how to build and sustain relationships with students, particularly from the teacher's perspective. So if we're going back in, are we looking for 60-second relate breaks or two-minute connections, 90-second spark plans, pulse meters? Are we looking at a treatment agreement? Or is this time at this time, are you focusing on classroom community building circles? Like, where are you at on the tools and what was your expectations with your teachers? And it, it is crazy sometimes that this was the first time that we've really put enough forethought into 
the conversation. So some districts have said it's a voluntary tool or it's voluntary tools, or this is a voluntary basis of giving them a skill set to build and sustain relationships, but there's no expectation other than there would be, it was, it's almost like they're not expected, but yet it would be appreciated if they would use these tools. And so when we go back in the schools, what I started recognizing is, is like, it needs to be crystal clear. And in fact, a good friend of mine, a, a coach that I use, told me, Steve Sims said one time, make sure your message is so clear that it can't be misunderstood. And I heard that, but now that I reflect what Steve had shared with me, I started thinking back. I think that's what's happening when we come into school sometimes. The teachers aren't sure what to do after the training, what to do next. Are, is there an expectation? Do we have to turn in a connection plan along with our lesson plan? Are you going to be evaluating me on these tools? There's a lot of things that go along that sometimes I think as administrators, we think they know, but I can tell you, I have worked with some districts that have made this very clear. So what I've learned is through the power of permission is also like they need a vision. In other words, some school districts have created a notebook or they've created a calendar that has already identified when myself or somebody on my team will be back through this campus or through the district at this level to continue training and supporting in this. In other words, this isn't a one and done. You will see me or somebody on my team again multiple times throughout the entire year. There has had some districts that have decided to do a capacity building team where we've come back and we've trained a select smaller group of team to help them build capacity. So while we're not there, they are able to, not a trainer of trainers, but they were able to start to understand what to look for in supporting the tools. We've had some districts literally lay out the map for the next three years. So everybody brings a different vision and a different plan, but when it comes down to it, thinking about it from this perspective, here's what I want to remind us is that power and permission is key because I'm going to tell you now, when we come into a school or a campus or a district, I would prefer and almost even almost recommend and saying that this time I require a principal, a campus leader, somebody to get up and put a frame around why we're here. Then at the end, what we're going to do. What's the next steps? Are we coming back? Are they going to hear about this again? Are we coaching? What is your expectation? And so that segues into this next part, because I believe after experiencing, you know, more than 20 years in education and understanding this from the teacher's perspective, once a teacher understands, okay, you brought us a professional development to taught us how to build relationships, taught us, also gave us the why and the how and everything beyond that. Now, what if I go back into my classroom and I'm teaching, but yet I'm not teaching content, I'm connecting. And you walk in as an evaluator, because that's what you are as an administrator, believe it or not. I mean, at the end of the day, you are the evaluator in some form or fashion, and it's hard to take that hat off. What happens when you walk into the room and that educator is not teaching content? I can tell you for a majority of educators, and I can't speak for all of them, the deer in the headlights look happens. Our heart races, we panic. We feel like, uh-oh, we just got busted. Like, we we're, like we're doing something wrong. We've got to reduce that fear, educational leaders. 
We have to provide power and permission so that our teachers clearly understand what the expectation is when they go back to the classrooms. And we can't just say, hey, connect before content, have a staff development, have give them the tools to build and sustain relationships, and then condemn them for using them in front of content. Now, I will tell you a second part to this is, is participation over evaluation. What I mean by that is, is if we, we started to talk about this at Ed White, when we first started these, these, these skill sets of using community building circles, because that's all we really had back then. We always said, if you're in the room, you're in, you're participating in part of the circle. And when we first started these restorative practices and relational practices at Ed White, one of the things that I had to remind my teachers, and I'm reflecting on it now, there was kind of a power and permission. And I Try to make them understand if I walk in with a laptop and let's say that I, I was set to do an evaluation, I was set to do a quick walkthrough on your academic status in the classroom and find out where you're at, how your students are engaged. But if I walked in and you were in the middle of building community with your class, I would shut my laptop, I would sit down and I would participate. And that sent a huge message because it reinforced the power and permission. So I just want to remind school leaders that when you're out there, and even though you are a leader, and even though you may evaluate, you're in that process every single time you walk in that classroom, that you're always there to evaluate. But leaders, we get scared. When you walk into the classroom, we always know in the back of our minds, you are the evaluator. And it's hard to separate when you're evaluating and when you're not. So when you are trying to change the culture on your campus, when you are attempting to give permission to your teachers to emphasize the importance of building and sustaining relationships, and then you're teaching them how, don't forget to not just empower with them the how-to, but to empower with them with power and permission. Literally remind them on a regular basis, hey, don't forget, it's okay to build relationships with kids. And if I walk in that classroom and you're not teaching content, it's okay, don't panic. I'm not going to ding you. I'm not going to knock you down. It's not going to change your evaluation. In fact, it should enhance your evaluation because I've invested in bringing a professional development and bringing this mindset piece into the campus. Why would I not not only appreciate, but value on the evaluation tool, how you are utilizing, not just the mindset, but the tools that we gave you. So as you're a leader, I would encourage you and implore you to participate over evaluate when you walk into classrooms and your teachers are getting to know their students, put down your laptop, put down your clipboard, sit down, stand up, whatever they're doing, participate. Let the students get to know you. While you're simultaneously letting the students get to know you, the teacher's getting to know you. But I will tell you, the strongest message that's going to come away from that happening again and again, not just a one-time occurrence, every time that you walk in that room and you follow through with what you said, you are building trust and confidence in that you truly believe in what you are telling your teachers is your truth, that you have two feet in in building and sustaining relationships in your classrooms. All right, before today's episode ends, 
I want to give you the opportunity to announce that we have just launched our first three-day CSRP, Certified Specialist in Restorative Practices Training, to be offered June 22nd, 23rd, and 24th in Austin, Texas. What is this? This is our Certified Specialist in Restorative Practices. This is a three-day training where we bring every tool to life. The first day will be all about the mindset along with uh, multiple tools to build and sustain relationships with students. Second day, we are going to be focusing on community building circles. So it's going to be everything to deal with circles. And day three is how to respond to misbehaviors using restorative and responsive approach. This will also give you alternatives to suspensions. This is what we lead you through what I've developed called differentiated discipline. So you're going to get every piece of content that we can impact along with simultaneously building great community with other educators that are attending three consecutive days. Now, I realize these seem long, but what we do is we actually have one day is, uh, ends at five, the next day ends at four, and the next day ends at three. So we stagger them to get you out a little earlier each and every single day. But this will give you every single tool. If you're looking to become a certified specialist in restorative practices, head over to rclfirst.com. Be one of the first to sign up. We are only limiting it to 30 people. We've already had 15 slots filled up. We've got 15 left as of I'm recording this. We are going to have enough space for 50 people. So we'll have social distancing. We will have hand sanitizer, mask as options. We are going to have everything that we need for you to feel safe, that you can be back in person to connect with us. But if you are looking for an opportunity to become a certified specialist in restorative practices through NEDRP, this next June, 22nd through the 24th, Austin, Texas. Head over to rclfirst.com. Check us out. Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll connect with you next time.